Welcome, fellow wine lovers. This is the Wine Ghost Podcast. I'm Mate Vash, sommelier and seeker of hidden stories behind the wine labels. For wine tasting clips and video interviews with my guests, please look for the Wine Ghost on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But now, please grab a glass and listen to how today's ghost got out of the bottle. In this episode, I had the opportunity to talk remotely to a motivated young winemaker Johannes Fritz from Austria. The Josef Fritz winery is located in the heart of a lesser-known Austrian wine region, Wagram, which deserves much more international fame than it tends to enjoy. You can listen to Johannes's thorough introduction to the region, which alone would worth listening to this episode, together with the in-depth portrayal of their flagship grape variety, Rotor Wettliner. He also talks about his orange wine project, explains why he prefers to work with acacia barrels and how the Rotterwettliner reacts to different vinification techniques. This episode equals a Rotterwettliner and Wagram masterclass that every passionate Austrian wine lover could appreciate. So please enjoy this episode and drink more indigenous grape varieties. You can also check out the video version of this talk on the Wangos YouTube channel. But now enjoy Johannes's introduction. Hello. So, uh, I think you have a very particular grape variety, and that's why I actually found you on, uh, also on Instagram, and that's why I, I wanted to talk to you for sure, because Rolter uh, Wettliner, and especially in the Wagram region, is very distinctive. So, if you could just maybe introduce uh, where you are located, and uh, also maybe a little bit talk about the terroir, and why are you special maybe also, not just in Austria, but also in the world. Okay, yeah, um, we specialized in this variety, so my father focused on this variety, so Ruta Vedlina, around 30 years ago. And right now we have five different types of this wine. So we have the classic one, Ruta Vedlina Wagandrassen, which is just should show the variety, so it's fermented in stainless steel. And then we have Ruta Vedlina Rich Steinberg, that's our first single side of this wine. Um, as the name is saying, um, Steinberg, it's on gravel, so less with gravel. We also have the single side Ruta Vetlina Mortal. Um, there is, it's one of the highest single sides of the wine region, Wagram. We are located in the wine region, Wagram. And there we have the Tertiary Gravel. And then we have Ruta Vetlina Steinberg Privat. There the special thing is that it's stored for one year in small oak barrels. So already used oak barrels. And the last one is also part of my project. It's um, a Rota Vetlina, who is called Gondwana, and it's fermented on the skins. So it's stored for around 30 days with the skins in 500 liter acacia barrels. And that's the last one. So we have five different types of oh, this wine. We have, we have a lot to talk about. I, <laughs> I'm already said that I cannot taste them right now. Uh, but uh, maybe if we could just... Um go a little bit uh, and talk about like broader where is the Wagram region located and why is it special the climate maybe also the geology um it's located in low austria um it's between um Feuersbrunn and kosvakaster so it's um the first wine region when we look um to the eastern side of and um, to the western side of Vienna. also mm. the town Kloster Neuburg is part of it and um, yeah, it, the Rotterdliner fits there very well because of the soils, because of the lust, and also the climate of the Danube. So we have a very mild climate and also a big difference between the temperatures. So during the day it's warm and in the night it's cold and that's good for the temperature, also good for the variety Rotterdliner. Mm-hmm. And uh, why is it good that you have less soil uh, mostly? Um, not directly the less soil, uh, the best soils for Rotterdliner, but on the higher single sides we have some gravel mm-hmm. between the less, mm-hmm. and this is perfect for Rotterdliner because um, at, with the variety Rotterdliner there you can get problems with rot, so um, it's important that there is always always a light stress for the winds, so um, there should be um, some water stress, so we can um, so we are able to harvest very late. And this is these are the best conditions, so you can wait a very long time. And the Rotterdam has always a high acidity, and 
these are then you will get very complex wines and so it's the so it's a very very good location for this variety mm-hmm. and the, the autumns are also typically very dry as in burgenland yes not as dry as in burgenland but also dry but um, it depends on the year so in years like 2014 there it wasn't that dry and this can be a big problem mm-hmm. but the last year it was it was okay so it was dry during the autumn mm-hmm. and when you say typically a little harvest uh, typically end of september or beginning of october or what what are we talking beginning about beginning of october yeah um okay. i mean in the last years we always get earlier but um in the last year we harvested the um for the single sides we harvested at the beginning of october to the mid of october yes mm-hmm. so and rota vetliner is uh, quite famous that it can hold acidity really well right but also yes. in my experience can have a broad broader body so not just a linear vine but a very full-bodied white vine i would say and with a higher alcohol yeah that's because um when you wait then there is a small concentration in the grapes or in the barrels and that's like because they are getting smaller mm-hmm. after sometimes and then you just lose the water inside and then you get a natural concentration and Mm -hmm. that's the reason why you get a full body a lot of extract and that's also um, the reason why we are um, producing rotavetlina in wooden barrels Mm -hmm. okay so can you maybe tell the differences between these uh, like you also do reductive style probably right only stainless steel as you said so, and also bigger barrels, smaller barrels, and also long skin contact. How does the grape variety react to this kind of winemaking methods? I mean, it depends on the style and also uh, really on the grapes, under which conditions the grapes are. So um, for the wine and stainless steel, mm. we have it earlier, so it should be the fresh, the more um, easier to drink wine. And then with the single size, we work with um, barrels. So for Steinberg, we work with big barrels. And that's because of um, the oxidation from the barrel, so through the wood. Mm-hmm. Can I stop you right there? Sorry, because yep. uh, I already have some questions. So you have, uh, with the stainless steel style, it's easier to drink what you say. Why do you think it is? And because it probably has more esters and more fruity and maybe lower alcohol. Um, yes, not easier to drink in this way so it has lower alcohol and it's um this is our wine to get to know about the variety so it's the the first one we let them taste it the first one and it's um the other ones are full-bodied and are not that yeah not that easy not that simple Mm -hmm. to say so the other ones are more the wines which you can store and which have a high aging potential and the Rotolina Wagenbersen should be the um, representative for the, um, just to taste the variety and to know about the variety. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you put them in bigger barrels, we, we talk about like 500 liter barrels or even bigger, like Stückfass? Or... Um, we have one 5,000 liter barrel. Okay. And we are working with oak and acacia. Mm-hmm. And... For the um, private, there we work with classic 225 liter barracks. Okay. And uh, what does acacia wood give to the wine? Because it's uh, it's not that special in Austria, right? Because you used to have more than it may be in other countries. Um, acacia wood, I prefer to work with acacia because it's not that dominant. So it's um, after you um, put the wine out of the barrel, it's... Um, it's not that dominant. So you also have the fruit and also the aromatic parts from the grapes. So you don't have to wait this long time until you, until the um, oak is, or the acacia, so the wooden parts are um, connected to the wine. Mm-hmm. Because I also heard that like after three fillings or after three years, acacia is almost neutral in taste. Yes. Right? Is it correct that kind of three years? Yes, I think it's um, it's earlier neutral than oak, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But nice. it also depends on how you work because we are always fermenting in the wood, so in the barrels, 
And I think that's also really important. So it's not next to the wine. So it's um, one complex wine. So it's better mm-hmm. integrated. Mm-hmm. And do you use spontaneous fermentation for all your wines? Or? Yes. Um, for the Rotavlina Wagenpressen, we don't use the spontaneous fermentation. But mm-hmm. for the single sites, and we use the spontaneous fermentation. And for the um, wines which, ferm- which are fermenting on the mesh, of course, we use the spontaneous fermentation. But normally, after, I think, around 4 or 5 vol- volume percent, um, then the, always the Saccharomyces cerevisiae is um, doing mm-hmm. fermentation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, And what can we expect from the smaller barrels, from the barriques, so to say? Um, we can expect, and um, we are using um, a small, so just a few barrels which are new, but we are using, we are also using barrels which are five time already used, and so it also should be a good mixture that the wood or the oak flavor is not too strong, mm-hmm. and I um, think it's important for different things size and for Steinberg, where you have a big amount of um, gravel in the loess. There it's important because you have a higher phenolic content, and with the store with storing in this barracks, you and do the oxidation, you lose the um, phenolic content because the phenols are always oxidizing at first, and so it's easier. And so it's I think it's better because it's more elegant. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And the skin content wine, so it's kind of an orange wine, so to say. Yeah, it's an orange wine. It was um, 30 days with the skins. I also produced it in 500 liter acacia barrel. Mm-hmm. And I tried a lot with skin contact with the variety Rota with Lina. And um, we also tried at the vintage 2017 one year skin contact. This wine is still in the cellar, still in the 500 liter barrels, because I also want to wait for the oxidation with the phenolic content, because after one year stirring the wine on the mesh, you have a high content of phenols and mm-hmm. so I will wait until I think it's the best time for the wine to drink and then we will bottle it so it's a small project of mine but we will see but I think um, Rota with Lina there are also some aromatic parts which you can um, gain through the skin contact mm-hmm. and how should we imagine this do you go day by day and taste it or how often do you feel to, yeah. to check on it? Um, I um, tasted it, or I'm tasting it, um, nearly every day. So I have not a strict plan how I will produce this wine. So I'm just tasting it, and then I decide, um, should we leave it on the mesh? Should we press it? Also with the stirring on the yeast. So I just decide, should we stir up the yeast, so patronage, mm-hmm. or should we rack it off and it's just tasting so i don't have a strict plan and i think that's important because not every year not every grapes are um the same so you have to be flexible in my opinion mm-hmm. you can say i always want to produce this wine with 30 days on mesh so with mm-hmm. the skins because it depends on the year and also on the single side and it's not always the same and for mm-hmm. me, it's very important that I can decide in my way because I always want to bring the best wine out of the grapes and you can't do this in the same way every year. Mm. And in terms of final product, because uh, Rota Wettliner, as we already as you already said, it has a higher acidity. How many grams of acidity are we talking about generally? In Not the orange wine, but... Uh, so to say, um, normal ones. <laughs> um, in the last year, the acidity was very low, but we still had from six to seven mm-hmm. grams per liter. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it was okay. And, and that's generally like also higher than Grüner Wettliner, right? Like with at least one gram, I would say. Yes, around one gram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also so some residual sugar or? Um, it we didn't control it so um for example if we use the Steinberg Privat there we have many barracks and when we're just tasting it and this one is part of the wine this one not this one and then it it always depends on some wine stop earlier with the fermentation and then you have a barrel with seven grams per liter residual sugar mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and some are completely dry and then mm-hmm. the mixture. So, but we are always around with the Steinbeck Privat, we are always around five grams per liter. Mm-hmm. And do you think it gives a nicer or a good balance like these six, seven grams of acidity and five grams of RS? That's, uh, that's kind of the right. Um, I, I really, yeah, I think so, but, um, it also depends on the age of the wine and also of the style of the wine. Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. example, if we also have Rotavellina with, um, 5.5 grams per liter acidity and a lower residual sugar. So, but I think it fits very good because Mm -hmm. you have more the more complexity. So it's getting not too broad in the mouth when you have mm. a lot of acidity, especially for me, it's important if you work with oak or with acacia, then in my opinion, it's important that you have also a higher acidity, not too high. And it should be integrated into the wine, but it's mm. extremely important for the structure of the wine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And also what uh, I always experience with Rotterwettliner, it's that uh, the acidity usually doesn't come first in the mouth and it's usually well it's organic so to say and it's always part of the wine and a little bit dancing and very long holding so not just for example most of the reasonings it attacks your palate or a sauvignon blanc for example as well it attacks your palate right away and then it kind of melts or in terms of reasoning if it's maybe a smart quality or a bit higher alcohol then it then it melts into the body, so it mm-hmm. really comes part of it. But Rotevetliner, I, I feel like it has a very distinctive acidic profile. I don't know if you noticed it, or or do you also have the same experience with your wines, or or how would you really mm-hmm. describe it? Because in in blind tasting, I would say that that would be a good character to to distinguish. Um, because of the acidity, um. I think it's um, um, so in blind tastings, it's yeah, it's a little bit higher, so you can taste it because of the structure, but it also depends. So it's very difficult to um, taste the wine just after the acidity because you can also taste the wine because of the residual sugar and they are um, connected. So if there's more residual sugar, maybe you cannot taste the high acid content. So it really depends on the wine, but I think it gives the wine, so Rota Vetlina, the variety, gets a lot of structure because of its acidity. Mm. And how would you, if you could maybe give us an advice, how would you describe the flavor profile of a Rota Vetlina and uh, maybe also in a blind tasting, what would maybe give us a hint? Um, in our winery, we have some um, exotic fruits. So a little bit also like peach, but um, there are also for the lighter ones, you have um, hints of apple, like Mm -hmm. the more the red apple. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, more the exotic fruit. So it's um, um, like pineapple. It's like Mm -hmm. also like banana if you store it long on the yeast with the oxidation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so in this direction. But Rotavitlin is also very flexible. It depends on its... Um, yeah, could be a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, like a chameleon. That's why it's so interesting to work with this variety because mm. it's um, it fits to a lot of different dishes and it's really mm. um, it's not that strict variety that you so you can't say that should always taste like this because it depends on the winery and also on the style which you want to produce and which fits to your own opinion and so it's. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I I also asked this question because uh, I know that there are not a lot of uh, Rotterwettliner on the planet, so it's about 200 in Austria, 200 hectares, right? Yes. So I, and the most of it is actually no, no, sorry, just most of it in Wagram, right? Um, yes, and also in the Western Wine Viertel, mm-hmm. and we also have Rotterwettliner in Kremstar. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a producer in Bahar which has a Rota Vitlina. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you can find it nearly, there are some producers where you can find the 
special Rota Vellina in their um, portfolio. So it's yeah, it's and, and do you see everywhere. do you see also like a future for the variety in terms of growing acreage? So do you think it's gonna be more plantation in the future? Um, I hope and so uh, some years ago, so a lot of years ago, there were a lot of Rotavellina, but it wasn't used anymore because it it has a lot of grapes and it wasn't that um, special and not that good. And Rotavellina just shows its potential when um, you um, really don't harvest that much. So right now we are halving the grapes, so you shouldn't harvest that much. So there should just be one or two grapes on each shoot so then it shows its whole potential and i think on the so in the wine region Wagram, there the rota vitlina um, amount of rota vitlina is rising yes mm-hmm. and it's very it's a very old grape as well right if i know it yes but um it's also the um one of the parents of some other grapes mm-hmm. and for example, um, Tierfandler, Rotkipfler, and but nobody really knows. So there are some um, um, some people tried to find out where it comes from. There is the story of the um, other Tal, so the other valley in Italy near the Como Sea, that mm-hmm. it comes from there. But there are many different stories, and nobody knows where exactly the um, variety came from. Mm-hmm. What's your theory? What what do you like to believe in? <laughs> um, the for the theory with the um other valley, it was one of my teachers in Klosterneuburg, so I I think he's on the right way with this theory. <laughs> okay. And do you see also like a bright future, maybe also in the gastronomy? Because I think uh, more sommeliers are turning into. Or, uh, I would say, or I hope, more uh, customers are turning uh, towards indigenous grape varieties and more so more special ones because, you know, everyone drank already a Chardonnay and a Sauvignon Blanc, but uh, these uh, grape varieties like Rother Wettliner or um, Rothke Flair, what you mentioned as well, these are very interesting. Yeah, I also think that it's important also for us, it was a good option to came into the gastronomy because there are a lot, as you said, a lot of Riesling, a lot of Grünerwittlina, mm. so it was easier to um, be a part of the menu with the Rotavittlina because it's new in this, in the gastronomy, I would say. So not that, um, so there are not that many Rotavittlina on a normal wine menu, so on a normal wine list. So I think it has potential because you can um, combine it to, um, a lot of different dishes. For example, the um, the Rotavitlina Steinberg Privat or flagship is a nice um, partner with meat, with red meat, or the Rotavitlina Wagamberassen, or because of its dryness and its freshness, is a nice partner for fish. Mm. So I think there is a potential for this variety in the gastronomy. What's your favorite pairing? Um, I like it with. Um, I like the Rote Medlinerit Mortal also because of its freshness um, with fish, so with Saibling. Mm-hmm. I know the English term right now. Yes, that's <laughs> one of my favorite pairings because it's also in this time when it's very hot, it's a light meal, so a light dish, and you can easily eat it also under these temperatures. Mm-hmm. And why Reed Mortal gives this fresher style of wine? Um, it's a, a cold single side, and it's um, also one of the highest single side. And I think it's because of the gravel, so because of the tertiary gravel, mm. that uh, um, the grapes, also if you wait very long with the harvest, still um, hold the acidity, and you get also a lot of sugar. So acidity and sugar in high contents, and I think that's very important for complex wines, which are not too broad but um, are very elegant and very complex and have a long holding and have this freshness and this minerality, I also think, because of the grills, mm-hmm. which is a nice partner to fish. Hmm. And when you talk about highest, uh, how many meters above sea level? 
Um, we are. Ooh, um, I don't know which. I think one of us three hundred meters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's high for the Vagram. So yeah. <laughs> so that, because that's mostly like a Hügelland in Deutsch. What is it? It's like not yes. mountainous, but. Yeah, no, no, we don't. We More. don't have mountains. We just yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, how is it actually the vine life in Wagram? So how how is the relationship between the growers? Is it is it a close community? Are you close to each other or? Yeah, I think so. And especially the young generation, we are doing a lot together, and we are always tasting wine together and sometimes we're visiting some wine bars or the vinothek of the wine region it's called veritas and mm-hmm. i think it's a good relationship mm. yeah. and close to norburg is then i would say the centrum probably right no 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 it's not the centrum it's um it's even not close to the center i would mm. say the center is um kirchberg okay um, of the wine region Wagram and Kloster Neuburg is an a Großlage, we call it Großlage, and it's far away, so it's um, 35 kilometers away from the wine region, so from the center. Mm-hmm. And how many younger growers do you stay in contact with uh, who is leading um, the I'm, region? I'm studying with one of them and also with, yeah, I know I think we all know us. We are not the big wine region, so we know each other. Also, in, from other wine regions, we are always, I don't know, I'm going out and tasting some wine or going to wine bars. So I think our generation, I just can talk about our generation, has a good contact to each other. So mm-hmm. they work quite a lot. It's good to know because... Uh... Where I work and uh, we have a lot of German guests and also guests from Switzerland. And, uh, you know, almost everybody knows maybe Burgerland for the Reds and Wachau and maybe Kramstal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of, and maybe Kamtal because of the, um, also because of the sect, uh, because of the sparkling wines. But Wagram uh, and Thermal region and uh, this kind of lesser known uh, regions ha- could have a great potential in the future, I would say, also because of this indigenous grape variety. So that's why I also asked how close are you and maybe try to do some, some, um, yeah, to gather some marketing or. Yes, yeah, of course. And we also um, did an event. It was not just the young generation, but we did an event that was, um, it came from. Me and Josef Mantler from the winery Mantlerhof mm-hmm. from Kremstal. And for example, we did a tasting in the restaurant Tian, Paul Irich cooked there. And it was called um, Old Variety Next Generation. And it was also quite fun. So we, we have some events together, and especially for this variety, because it's not that known, mm-hmm. especially international. And then when the Vivino was in Vienna, then we had this event, so this side event of the Vivinum in the restaurant Tian. Mm-hmm. So we are working together for this variety. I hope so. And uh, But do you also have other varieties, right, in the vineyard? So Grüner Berliner, yes. I would say the most, right, what you have? It's equal parts, Roter Berliner and Grüner Berliner. It's around 33% of our mm-hmm. total. And then we also have Roter Traminer. It's also my father loves this variety so he it was his first wine he fermented his first white wine he fermented in um, small oak barrels mm-hmm. then we also have chardonnay pinot blanc a small part of um Sonia blanc for my orange wine and yeah these are mm-hmm. the white wines and for the red wines we have pinot noir zweigelt and st laurent okay and uh in the vineyards, how would you maybe distinguish a Grüner Wettliner and the Roter Wettliner? Uh, and also in terms of treatment, maybe like ripening time and vigorousness. Um, you can see it on the shoots. You also can see it on the leaves. But the easiest way is um, um, because of the color. I think 
everybody, yeah, uh, Rota Vitlina has red skins, but you can mm-hmm. produce red wine out of Rota Vitlina. I tried it with one year mesh contact. No, it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and um, with the um, Canify management, it's also, uh, there's a big difference because Rota Vitlina has a very strong growing. So you have to work a lot with the Canify and they are always falling down the shoots and you also have to put them to the top because they are not um, growing in only directions so it's completely mixed and mm-hmm. there should be that's why many other wine growers call it the diva of the grapes of the grape varieties because it's you have to do a lot of work by hand hmm. and uh, if you could maybe just choose your person and favorite style of Rotterwettliner making or what do you say it would be like vinification like in bigger barrels smaller barrels skin contact uh, how long should the skin contact could be what is your favorite maybe or what how do you which style do you think fits better the variety that's a difficult question um I think um, first of all, I like every wine, uh, so every type of this variety in each style. Um, so it has to be good in his total style. But I um, prefer, so I really like the style of Rote Berliner Mortal. So we uh, fermented this wine in stainless steel and we stored it a long time on the yeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I especially, I like this um, single-side Rote Berliner Ried Mortal. It's, I think it's one of the best single sides for this variety mm-hmm. and when you talk about yeast contact it's a uh, full yeast or fine yeast it was um five months on full yeast and mm-hmm. then on the fine yeast so um we are like always we are tasting the wine and then we decide okay now it's enough contact with the yeast and then we just rack it off and then we start with the fine yeast mm-hmm. for three more months and then, yeah, that's how we do it. So it depends. Some years are just three months on the full yeast, and some years are long on the full yeast. Mm-hmm. And, and how, how healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it depends also on how healthy the yeast is and um, on the alcohol, also on the residual sugar. Maybe that there should be another second, so the fermentation should not go on. And also, about the temperature because of the malolactic fermentation sometimes we're just filtering the wine earlier mm-hmm. and do you usually the vines are usually going through malolactic fermentation or um just at the Rote Wittliner Rich Steinberg Privat there are some barrels which are doing the malolactic fermentation mm-hmm. but it's I think around 30% so it's yeah but um Right now, I tasted today a barrel which did the malolactic fermentation, and the flavor of the malolactic fermentation um, leaves with the yeast. So if you store the wine long on the yeast, then the yeast is absorbing the flavor of the malolactic fermentation. So it's, you have to, there should be some time for the wine that it can, yeah. Mm-hmm. And on which temperature do you leave it then on? Um, around... Right now they are around 16 degrees, uh-huh. and in the yeah also the barracks are in the cellar. But now it's getting warmer outside, so also the barrels are getting warmer. And now it's in the next week I will the racking off the first time of the barracks. Hmm. Hmm, okay, and uh, your top green uh, top rooter uh, maybe. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this flavor profile, about the Privat, and what can people expect? Um, yes, of course. Um, the Rotary Steinberg Privat. In the younger years, so right now, you of course, you have some um, smoky parts in the nose from the wood, but you also have um, pineapple. You also have a little bit of lychee, I think, and um, peach. And in the flavor... It's, um, I think it's good balance between acidity and residual sugar. So the wine is dry. And um, you have um, a little bit of the banana flavor. You have a little bit of 
um, chocolate, but just small hints of chocolate. Mm. And you have um, a little bit of um, bread, so also from the yeast bread. But it's all just in the background. So the um, chocolate and the bread are just the background. In the first day, you just have the um, fruity parts like peach, like pineapple, mm-hmm. or like banana. Wow, sounds interesting. Maybe in the, I hopefully in the future I can taste it. <laughs> uh, and uh, do you, how do you see these wines in terms of aging potential? What what was maybe the oldest what you drank or what, how do you? We started with this wine in the vintage 2010. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's right now on the highest point, but. I just know it from this vintage, so I don't know all the vintages of this wine. And I think there is a high aging potential. Mm-hmm. Especially with um, screw caps, there is the aging potential is longer, I would say, because we, we tasted a lot of different styles, also from the same wine with different, so with cork and screw caps. Mm-hmm. And in the vintage 2010, we just, so all bottles are closed with um, screw caps. But right now, because I wanted it, um, we are um, doing both for 50% with screw caps and 50% with corks. That you can see the aging, the difference in aging hmm. with these two different types of clothing. Hmm. Hmm. But I would say the one 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and where, where uh, could we see the prices? Like Abhof, so to say, so at the, at the winery? Yeah, we don't have the um, prices on the homepage, but um, the Rota with Linda Wagandrassen is at 7 euros 50 cent. The Rota with Linda Ried Steinberg is at 12 euros 50 cent. The Rota with Linda Ried Mortal is at 18 euros. And the Rota with Linda Ried Steinberg Privat is at 23 euros. The vintage hmm. 2018 is. Hmm. Okay. Quite modest. I would have guessed it's. Uh... The the premium one is uh, cost a bit more, but it's uh, okay. It's no, it's... <laughs> and uh, where can we where can we find your wines? Um, we have some partners. So in Vienna, there we have Del Fabro. Mm. We also have in um, the Western Austria we have Gotardi, Ziller Dalla Brauerei. These are some partners of us. Yeah. Okay, and. Uh, do you export also as well or mostly in Austria? No, we export something so around 50%. Okay. The most part is in, um, in Europe. So Germany is the most mm-hmm. important country to export. We have a small amount which is in the US. And just the orange wine are export. So we have an export for the orange wine to South Korea. Okay. There I meet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Monica Lee and she at the Orange Wine Fair in um, Vienna and met her and now we are working together. But just for Tertia, for the Tertia um, project, um, just these bottles are in South Korea. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about this Tertia project? Because it's also very limited, right, in, in terms of uh, bottle. Yes, um, I started with this project in 2018 and I produced um, three orange wines. So I have the Tertia S, the S is for um, Sauvignon Blanc, then Mm -hmm. I have a Rote Tramina, it's called Tertia T, Mm -hmm. and a Gondwana, this is the Rote Vellino. And I produced these wines, um, I put the, just the grapes in 500 liter acacia barrels, so just two of each in the vintage 2019. Mm-hmm. In my first vintage 2018, I just produced one barrel for each wine. Now there are two barrels for each wine. And then the wine is um, fermenting with the mesh, so around between 19 and 22 days. And then we simply press the wine and fill it back into these barrels. And then I am, as a told you already and then I'm just tasting the wine then I decide should we stir up the yeast or should we rack it off and in the vintage um, 2018 because the fermentation on the mesh was longer and there we had a higher phenolic content I um, racked the wine off earlier from the full yeast in the vintage 2019 I could wait a long time and just 
two weeks before bottling, I racked it off. And then I bottle the wine with the fine yeast. So it's not filtered. And yeah, I think it's it's also for the Rota Vitlina, it's nice to see the fifth style of this wine. And mm -hmm. I'm very happy with my project because it's it should be a small project and I, I hope it will be a small project. So I can decide and I can learn about it and I can um, do whatever I want. It sounds not that nice, but I can try whatever I'm, so where I'm interested in and I can work with oxidation. I can work with phenolic contents. I want to reduce the sulfate content. And so it's, I think it's very nice for mm -hmm. me, my age too, that I am allowed to do this. Mm -hmm. And you are allowed because of your father, or? Yes, um, I I finished the uh, viticulture and permaculture school in Kosnoyburg um three years ago, and right now I'm studying international wine business in Krems. But next to this, next to my studying time, I'm working at home, of course. And so my father and me, we do it together, all of the wines, so um, all of the classic wines and the uh, mesh fermented wines I can do by my own and so it's because I heard from some friends also from Kristen Neuburg that their parents said no I don't want wine like this and I think it's not useful and it's just a trend and my father was behind me and he told me yeah do it if you want if you're interested in I think it's nice to try it and yeah so I got the background from my father and I think that's very important if you if you want to try something and if you want to, yeah, because you have to, um, there should be always a small change between generations, but I don't want to say that I will produce all of these wines like this, but it's um, nice to learn about oxygen. It's nice to learn about a lower sulfate content. And it's also nice, which aromatic parts you can um, get out of the, um, of the skins and, we already know it that in the classic vinification, some of the producers, or especially with aromatics and varieties like Rota, Tramina, or Sauvignon Blanc, they are working with a time where they leave before pressing the um, wine with the skins in the press. And so it's also, I think it's, it's, um, it's important to work also a little bit with the skins. It shouldn't be always that long time and there shouldn't be always the fermentation with the skins, but uh, for this small project, I want to do it like this, and uh, I can learn a lot about the total um, topic skin contact for some other varieties. Also for Gruner mit Lina, there are some hours of skin contact could also be good, or yeah, I think it's home study like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you are quite lucky to, to have these tools at home. And uh, if you could just maybe talk a little bit about your private um, taste, so to say. So what do you drink if not a Rote Berliner or not a Wagram wine or maybe not even an Austrian wine? Um, I drink um, many different styles of wine. So I also love the variety Grüner Berliner and also Riesling from Bachor, for example, also German Riesling. Um, if we're talking about natural wine, I really like the um, wine region Jura in France. Mm -hmm. But it's, I'm, I'm not so strict on one style of wine. So I think for um, if you drink wine, there are more factors which are important. So where are you? Do you have time? Also the climate. Um, are you on your holidays? Or what dish did you eat? So it depends on lots of different factors and i think they're also important and luckily you always can decide by yourself what you want to drink so you have to bring yourself into the best position for your situation and right now you are working uh, conventional in the vineyards or yes um we are um, sustainable austria mm -hmm. so we are certified sustainable and right now we are working with um yeah a classic production yeah mm -hmm. And do you, because you also mentioned the natural wines or maybe lower sulfate wines, do you also maybe uh, thinking about turning into organics or biodynamics in the vineyard? Yes, of course, I'm thinking about it. 
um, we are mostly also working in this direction. But um, on our winery, just my father and me and my mother and a little bit my, my grandparents are working. So we are a small winery. Mm. And if there are years like 2014, it's really difficult and we are a little bit scared if um, if there is the danger of some rot or something else. And But we are really working in this direction. And yeah. And do you think your region is... Uh kind of optimal for this for doing organics biodynamics or or is it quite hard because the, you don't have a lot of rain there or, or quite a lot mm. of sun um no we it's very different so if you compare the stereo no we do not have a lot of rain <laughs> but um this year the last weeks were very difficult mm -hmm. especially from the grass so between the winds from this, from the grass management. And, um, but it's, yeah, it depends on the year. Um, some years like the year 2017, 2018 were not that difficult. So it could change. It really depends um, when the rain, when it's raining and how long. So do you have, is there some time between the rain um, when the, where the grapes can dry or the leaves can dry, and that's very important. But I think the wine region wagam shoots good for organic production. Mm -hmm. And uh, about uh, low sulfur wines, why do you want to change towards this approach? Um, mm, not, I don't want to just um, um, decrease the sulfur. But I think there are also some natural um, parts where you can replace sulfur and which are also good for the flavor, in my opinion. Like if you work with a small content of um, phenols, then it could be also positive for the wine and also and you also don't need that much sulfur. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about and that's what I'm trying. And I also think that wines, they... Um, uh, um, how can I say it? It's they are, um, you can sometimes wines are very close, especially after bottling, because there mm -hmm. are so much sulfide in it. And so I think with the phenolic content, you can um, have a not closed wine direct after bottling, and it also has a high aging potential. So I think there are there can be some nice combinations. But of course, it's not easy to replace sulfur by total. So we are using sulfur in the classic way. So around 40 to 45 milligrams per liter before bottling. Mm -hmm. And also with the orange wine, I gave them um, 15 milligrams per liter before I bottled them. Mm -hmm. I mean, one a teacher of mine in Klosterneuburg told me that useless that's like half pregnant that's not possible that doesn't exist 50 milligrams per liter so2 but I think it helps the wine especially when you put it into the glass then it's it's easier for the wine to yeah that it didn't change that far or that fast hmm. okay well um, I, I'm actually got got thirsty after your words and I just <laughs> imagine I just imagined your orange wine so I really hope that after this after a while, we can sit together as well and uh, taste some of your wines. And maybe just some last uh, questions. Where do you see your winery and also maybe your wine region in five or ten years? Because you seem like a, I, I, I talked to you the first time, and uh, you, but you seem like a very motivated and um, already knowledgeable <laughs> young winemaker. So uh, I think you have some plans for five or ten years. Yes, of course, I have some plans, but um, I also want to go abroad and visit different wineries, work for a short time at different wineries. And then I think the time, so it's always changing everything. And I think you have to find, you have to produce real wine you really like to produce. So you have to find your own style. And I think then you will get the best result. If you are lucky with your product, and you're lucky with the way you 
create or produce your product or your wine. Mm. I think that's the best way. Yeah. And where? Also. Excuse me? And where do you want to travel? Um, I think New Zealand is very interesting, especially from the climate. There is not that big difference to Austria and also to California. And I would also love, but it's difficult to make um, an internship in the wine region Jura. But for me, um, it's really important that I can find some small wineries. So I don't want to work in big wineries where it's like a factory. So I hope I can find wineries um, which are not too big so that I also can, I can be part of all um, steps in the producing and that I also can taste the wine in all steps and all parts. And yeah, we will see. I'm looking and I think I still have time. My father is not that old, so he's 51. So I'm allowed to leave the winery for some time. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you also have maybe other varieties which you would like to work with in the future? Um, there, I think we already have a lot of different varieties. So we already have... Yeah, Grüner Medliner, Roter Medliner, Riesling, Rote Traminer, we have Sauvignon Blanc, we have Chardonnay, Weißburgunder, and three different red varieties. So we already have a lot of varieties. And I'm more focusing to produce um, on the most important varieties um, to get the best out of it. So mm. I think that's very important because I, I'm always interested in new varieties, but at first I want to tasted at some other wineries in the same region or under the same conditions so with the same climate or on a nearly the same soil and then i will decide and we will see maybe i will find something which i also really would like to grow and also want to produce but yeah okay well johannes it was really nice to talk to you would you like to have a final word a final word. Um, yeah, to you are my final words. I hope we can see each other in some days or some weeks, whenever it is possible. And I hope we can taste the wines together. Please, it's the best final word I could hear. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, Johannes, and all the best thank for you. the future. Hope to see you thank soon. You. Ciao. Hope so. Did you like this episode and want to hear more? Would you recommend me a new guest or just want to get in contact? Then please leave your rating on iTunes under the channel or send me an email to the email address in the description or contact me in the Vine Ghosts Instagram or Facebook site. See you next week and keep on enjoying the ghosts.